It's the California Wine Country Podcast with Steve Jackson and Dan Berger. We taste, we laugh, we learn. It is California Wine Country with Dan Berger, brought to you by Bottle Barn. In the studio, our guest today is the winemaker at, uh, they say Donham Estate, I say Donham Estate. We're going to go with Donham, because that's what they say. Donham Estate winemaker Dan Fishman is with us. Hi, Dan. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. You've never been in before. I have not. Wow. And Donham has, is celebrating their 20th anniversary. Yeah, that's right. 20 years making Pinot and Chardonnay. So give us the history. I mean, how did all this begin 20 years ago? Yeah, so Donham actually started uh, as a project that sort of split off from Buena Vista Winery. Oh, so really? one of the first wineries in Sonoma County, but changed hands several times, I think, before that. And then in 2001, the family that owned Buena Vista at the time sold it, and they kept their favorite ranch, which was called Tula Vista, uh, to start a Pinot Noir project. So Donham started in 2001, um, and they were fortunate to you know, already have 10 to 15-year-old vines to work with from a site that they knew was really good down in Carneros. And where does the, the name Donham come from? So Donham is... D-O-N-U-M. Yeah, I believe it's Latin for gift, and the idea is that the wine is the gift of the land. Oh, cool. Oh, I like that. So it's Pinots and... Pinot and Chardonnay, yeah, pretty uh, much exclusively. My two favorite wines. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. Dan, talk An- about Donham. Anna Molaraki was involved with the project. Her husband was one of the people who owned Buena Vista after it was sold. And then he basically asked her to come in and be the vineyard person and she became really an expert at vineyard vineyard management and she was really really talented at that and so when Buena Vista uh, spun off the the Donham project it was started with a very very high-end viticulturalist by the name of Anna Molaraki who really learned her stuff in the vineyard she worked really diligently to this day she's considered to be one of the people who gave that project its greatest springboard. Wow. I'm not familiar with that name. She's she's a very special person and has done a brilliant job with the vineyards in that project. All right. Very quickly, we're going to talk about Dan's cellar wine that he brought uh, today. <laughs> very quickly is right. Yes, because I didn't like it, and it, it was that's the darkest rosé I've ever ever seen. It's a 2007? <laughs> yeah, we I lost it in the cellar. This is not a, one of those wines that I intended to put away. You just lost it down there. And I was crawling on my hands and knees and getting my jeans ripped and, and finally and when he sees something that he thinks is going to suck he goes oh this will be perfect for <laughs> no a it looked like a red wine to me because it was so dire yeah. i have a, I have a two watt bulb in the cellar to keep it nice and dark i pulled this thing out of the bin and it looked like it was red i pulled it up and then about two hours later after it was in the kitchen for a while i suddenly realized hey this is a pink wine it's supposed to be pink it anyway it's pink. A, well, I would. I never intended to age this thing for 14 years. Believe me. <laughs> Dan, sometimes things are lost that should never be found. <laughs> well, somebody's got to go through the cellar now and then. Oh, I'm sure this wine sucks. This will be perfect for the drive. <laughs> I've brought some good wines. No, you have. Okay. Uh, you have. Could this wine be used to clean a bathtub? <laughs> I think it was made in a bathtub. So I, think, I think it would be okay to to cook with because I think there's nothing technically yeah. wrong with well, it. I could, I could see that. So uh, I throw it in my stir fry tonight. As in, 
within the dish, not drinking it while cooking. That's correct. Okay. I would not sip on this. <laughs> no. I got better wine to sip on. Okay. Donham Estate winemaker Dan Fishman with us. Uh, Shards and Pinots. And again, as I said, those are my two favorite wines, basically. Uh, Dan, talk about this Shard. What year is this? So this is a 2019. Uh, we have two estate vineyards. We actually have four, but two in production at the moment. And uh, this is the smaller one in, as we were discussing, the RRV, or the Ukrainian River Valley, or whatever we're going to call it now. Yeah. But So this is a Russian River Valley. Ukrainian River <laughs> Brewing Company, too. We yeah. talked to Natalie Gilerzo earlier. Um, so this is our, our smaller of the two estate vineyards. It's, it's just a vineyard. Our vineyard manager actually lives in a, in a farmhouse on the property, but other than that, it's just a vineyard. Uh, so this was planted in uh, the late 90s. Um, Anna helped with the, the planting, and then Donham purchased it in 2013, making it our second estate vineyard. So barrel fermented, low percentage of new oak, really high acid site. So yeah. brought this one for Dan because it's a very, very low pH wine. Great, great acid, and uh, it's lovely. I really brilliant. like it. Just brilliant wine. Absolutely gorgeous. Mm. Uh, if, you, if you wanted to give it a, a kind of a leaning in which direction it's going in, I would say that the best part of it would be um, its Burgundian-ness is its backbone, and its aromatics are its California leanings. It's got everything going for mm. it. It's just spectacular It stuff. really is. Uh, and the Dunham wines available uh, Besides uh, the the winery and the website, I mean, are you at Bottle Barn? And uh, well, I was going to say Bottle Barn is occasionally has a few bottles. Um, typically, we're, we're basically nearly 100% direct to consumer, so okay. we do you know tasting and sales from the from the estate vineyard in Carneros. What's bright about this wine is the acidity, and that really makes makes it absolutely food worthy. And you've taught me this over all these years, and I can, I was thinking the, the acidity is really special in this before you guys even said it well so that's how good you've done in t <laughs> teaching my palate now I'm, just a quick interruption here weird sidebar but anyone listening who can speak latin please give joe a call 636-1350 i want to know whether in latin it's pronounced donum or dunum and spell it for them d-o N-U-M. Is it Donum, Donum or Dunham? Anyone? Anyone with a Latin dictionary? Or, I don't know what the hell that is. I, I took three years of Latin in high school. And, and Donum. Okay. Yeah. He did say Donum earlier, which is what I was saying all day. So, But if anyone can call it 636-1350, would, uh, in Latin, is it Donum or Dunham? And since... Uh, Dan took three years of Latin, and he says, Donum, I'm going to go with that now. Either way, uh, the website is uh, donumestate.com. Check them out. Uh, so how many, you guys are only doing shards and pinots? Yeah. Well, pretty much. We do a little bit of rosé. We usually don't age at 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Good thing. Wow, the guests are taking a shot at Dan now. <laughs> well, they should. What's the wine columnist with a thin skin? He's dead. <laughs> uh, we do a little bit of rosé. We do a, a small amount of a Blanc de Blanc sparkling wine, so still Chardonnay. Oh, and cool. then we actually have one acre of Merlot, so... Look for that coming to a I love tasting room near you. Yeah, so we'll be bottling our first vintage 
uh, of the Merlot this summer. Very nice. One of the best regions in the world for Merlot, by the way. 20 years they've been around. Donomastate.com. And you guys, tell everyone where you're located because you do uh, in-person wine tastings and such. Yeah, so our estate, we're going to taste a couple wines, the Pinots from Carneros. So that's where we're, we're located, uh, Carneros being, you know, the southern tip of both Sonoma and Napa, but we're on the Sonoma side on Rommel Road. So really, basically as far uh, southeast as you can go in Sonoma County. Uh, we have about a 200-acre ranch there. We have our estate winery, hospitality facility, and then we also on the property have this really spectacular uh outdoor art collection so large-scale sculptures yeah um, i've been looking tasting. at some of those photos that's really cool yeah it started out with the owner having uh, an idea to put one or two sculptures up and now we're nearing 50 so really that's yeah it's it's pretty spectacular and you know if you just drive through you can see it uh from the road but but to really appreciate it you need to kind of get on the property do a tasting and and do a tour how big is the property uh, it's just under 200 acres and you're doing tastings and tours by appointment only, correct? That's correct, yeah. And they do book up uh, pretty quickly, especially on the weekends. So you kind of have to plan ahead a little bit for weekends. Um, but, yeah, it's all, all on the website. You can go on there and, and book a couple different types of a walking tour, a riding tour, and a tasting with that. And if you're listening to the show from Napa Valley, you can get there by taking Duhigg Road. Because it turns uh, into... Duhigg. Duhigg. Yeah. And it turns into Rammel. So. <laughs> Turn left at the big castle. <laughs> Very cool. Um, all right. What, what did you bring? Uh, did you bring uh, more Pinot? Yeah. So after the Chardonnay, we're going into uh, Pinot from Carneros. So uh, this is actually a freshly bottled, 2020. Um, so thought it'd be fun to taste one of the the new wines that I know nobody's tasted yet. Um, so this is called Three Hills. This is a relatively new wine for us. That's a blend from the estate. So. As, as you know, Carneros is kind of these series of rolling hills um, coming up out of, out of the marshland around San Pablo Bay. And uh, on our property, there's sort of three prominent hills that make it up. So this is blended from all three of the hills, meaning all the different parts of the vineyard, and from several different clones of Pinot Noir as well. And it's sort of meant to be a selection of some of the earlier ripening, uh, cooler parts of the vineyard. So a little bit lighter in style, a little higher acid again. This is a, not to be geeky, but it's more coat de bone than it is coat de nuit. It's got some elegance to it. The darker color. That was very geeky. You're going to have to explain that one for me, Dan. Coat de bone is one of the more, is the cooler region of, of Burgundy. Coat de nuit is the darker region, the heavier region. And the wines tend to be darker in color and also in weight. But the, in this case, the color indicates that it's going to be heavy. But the aroma indicates that it's going to be light. So you got a little of both, and it's just fabulous. The aroma, I haven't tasted it yet, but what a beautiful aroma this is. And you said 2020, too. Yeah, so this is a really, really young wine. It was only bottled a few weeks ago, um, but we're still kind of in that window before things shut down, so I thought it'd be fun to try it uh, at this stage. Uh, Dan, uh, I would suggest don't put this uh, Pinot Noir in the bottom of your cellar and ignore it for 15 years. Uh, No, I wouldn't, but... The most impressive thing is the acidity in this wine is parallel in certain ways to that to the Chardonnay. Uh, Chardonnay because yeah. they both have an underbelly that is unyielding. And that's important if you want to drink the wine soon because the acid is there to support the food that you're going to put it on the table with. Going back to the Chard, I meant to ask you uh, how long you would uh, 
lay this one down, well, I, or, or or can you just do two hours of decanting? I think two hours of decanting would really help the wine, but I think um, for a, a real purist, you want three to four more years in the bottle before you ever get to it, because that three years will open and expand that aroma. Okay. Yeah, that's something Dan and I were talking about in the waiting room, just, uh, you know, whether wines, you kind of have to decide, is it built to drink it young or is it built for aging? And that's something that we've really been focused on and working on in the last few years at Donham, really trying to extend that aging window, make some more structured wines that really will reward being laid down in the cellar. The finish on this Pinot is really delightful. It's spectacular because you cannot tell from the aroma that it's going to have that purity of fruit in the finish because you, you're, you're waiting for another layer of something called alcohol or weight and the weight is really not there this is a medium weight wine all the way from the beginning of the aroma to the end of the finish you're right the aromas it's luscious yeah let me take you a want taste something here. more but what you're getting is more in a way that you didn't expect and as far as food oh yeah i mean rare roast beef and let this be the star attraction oh, on the god table. that's good <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Harry? Oh, I, I've already made my comment. The, the, the finish is, <laughs> yeah. is delightful on this wine, on this Pinot. Yeah. And, and as to your earlier question, Steve, it's still young. Yeah, 2020. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, okay. Everyone's enjoying it again. That's yeah. why there's silence, folks. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yes, on Wine Wednesday, we don't care about dead air. <laughs> it's never dead. Well, the no. interesting part about this for me is that over the last 20 years, Carneros has increased temperatures marginally, but noticeably. They turned up the heat? Well, it's global climate change has increased the temperatures in the vineyards. Gotcha. And it's very difficult for the winemaking teams who are, that are out there, whether it's one winery or another, if they're all based in Carneros, they're struggling to find the right picking date. Well, Dan has done a brilliant job of finding that picking date for at least this Pinot Noir and that Chardonnay. Well, Chardonnay is from Russian River, but the point is that this one coming from anywhere in California where climate has risen becomes a real tricky thing because if you pick too soon, you can't make a wine like this. If you pick too late, you can't make wine like this. Wow. This is uh, one of the, my favorite Pinots that we've had in yeah, this the is last couple of years. Absolutely maybe. delightful. Absolutely. And you're right, Harry, about the finish. Yeah. So God. how did you pick, uh, select the picking date? Well, so this is blended from a few a few blocks, but this is definitely kind of targeting. It's interesting you're, what you're saying is absolutely right, that we've seen you know warmer, especially warmer springs. So we're getting earlier flowering, which is moving the picking date forward. And then because we're going for this kind of lighter, more elegant style, that's pushing the picking date forward. So it went from used to be able to kind of plan a vacation for Labor Day weekend and then start picking to, you know, we're now Labor Day weekend's the middle of harvest for us. Mm. So we're picking, this would be all picked in August. Um, and so I'm really looking, as you were saying, there's kind of a, a two maybe targets. You can have kind of the riper style and the, the lighter. And so this, it's really to catch that first window of ripeness where the fruit is really fresh. The acidity is still very present. Um, and just, yeah, I mean, I think hopefully it leads to a wine that's really, I'm, I'm glad it's showing so well right now, which is great, because I do think it's going to age really well. As, well, as, <clears throat> it's probably appropriate that you haven't released it yet, because it's going to go into a hollow probably yeah. in about three or four months. This is going to, once, once the wine is bottled, 
it goes into a holding period. This is spectacular right now, but in about two or three months, it's not going to be very interesting. And then it'll come back. Really? Yeah, that bottle shock thing is a, is a bit of a mystery. I don't know why there's a, yeah. there is this early window where it's it's still showing well, and then yeah, it really does go to sleep. So you brought a third wine? Yeah, we do. So the the, the third one is also from the estate vineyard in Carneros. This is what we call kind of a reserve tier for us. So it's a, a very small selection of barrels. Uh, one of the other effects of this early springs, these warmer years, is that we had our first frost ever uh, that we know of in this in this region. So we actually lost some crop in 2020 to frost. So this is only two barrels for this wine. So it's a 50 wow. case wine. Um, we call it East Slope. So it's on a, a slope facing to the east, which means it gets morning sun. So uh, slower ripening and kind of lighter in style. It's all um, Calera clone. So Selected from. Well, there'll be a geek alert on that when we come back. <laughs> we got to take a break, and then we'll talk about this other Pinot from, and I'm going with Donum. Uh, Dan took three years of Latin, and uh, they say Donum. Uh, what do know, they know? Well, Donum doesn't sound Latin, does it? No, Donum. It's the California pronunciation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's California Wine Country brought to you by Bottle Barn. Dan Berger, of course, our guest today is the winemaker at Donum Estate. They say Donum. I'm going with Donum because that sounds more Latin. And it is a Latin word, meaning what again? Uh, meaning gift, and the idea yeah. being that wine is the gift of the land. Dan Fishman is here, the winemaker there. And I can't believe no one's called in to uh, make sure that we know how to pronounce this. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> knows Latin. They stopped teaching it in high school. The ratings say ago. we have 25,000 listeners a day. You'd think one or two of them would know Latin. <laughs> or a pharmacist, at least. You know, somebody <laughs> has to read it on a regular basis. Or a basis. priest. Could I get Dan's cellar wine again? I got a paper cut, and I want to disinfect it. <laughs> <laughs> You can't have any more. It's, it's protected. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, Dan Fishman, the second Pinot that uh, you brought in, what is this? Yeah, so this is another 2020 wine just bottled. This is the East Slope. So from an eastern-facing hill, it's a really small block, uh, very limited wine, about 50 cases this year. Wow. Uh, really, uh, another, I'm kind of playing to the Dan team here with another very low pH, high-acid wine, uh, kind of meant for... For longer aging, so tasting a little bit young now, I think. But uh, I really like the structure of this wine. Damn, I love I love the flavors because there's a very faint hint of cranberry in here, and typically cranberry is associated with other varieties, not with Pinot Noir. But in this case, the low acid, uh, excuse me, the low pH and the high acid combine to make this wine a little bit more citric in a certain way. And red wines typically are not described as having citric notes but in this case i think the wine really shows that it's very young very the finish on this one is less pronounced well but still sneaky yes but i think also as we were talking off the air this wine really needs an extra year at least a year before they release even i can see that yeah this is just a baby beautiful color gorgeous we have a listener a latin expert all right let's go to the phones hi you're on the drive. This is Kevin, uh, just leaving our 22nd job, sir. Very successful. Thanks to you, Steve. Appreciate that. And the answer is donum. However, domi, of course, would be the plural. But the more wine you drink, Steve, probably the more donum you'll get. <laughs> Kevin's our 
KSRO sales manager. Uh, so you took Latin? Three years of Latin, yes, sir. Oh, well, then you're on Dan's uh, level. <laughs> All right, so you're saying Donum, Kevin. Donum, but if they pronounce it Donum, Steve, have a couple more glasses of wine, you'll be pronouncing it just like they do. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. This Talk more about this particular... Now, how long... I mean, you said a year? Well, a year before release. I mean, I wouldn't put this on the market in, uh, until probably a year and a half from now because Dan, it's just it not going to develop. And, and even if you decanted it, you're not going to get much... This wine is too young. It's, just yeah. it's like it was made yesterday. Yeah, so... Well, and it was bottled basically yesterday. Um, <laughs> but it, so this was... This is one that, again, is very limited. So this will go like exclusively to kind of our high-end members who get access to the really small and they will get a sternly worded note from me to wait to open it ah. and, and this was a very limited amount correct yeah there's only about 50 cases of this wine made so uh 600 bottles or a little bit less we appreciate yeah. you bringing it in to share with us yeah you get one of them well it's fascinating <laughs> i'll say that can you uh kathy uh, pour just another taste of that first pinot which was the first blew me away. Is, is, is a really impressive wine. And it's, it's impressive it, right now. Yeah, but it's also because it's more approachable. It, it probably will be released a little sooner, and that's to the benefit of everybody who understands these wines. The first thing you do, if you were to buy one of these wines and open it, put it in a decanter. Splash it around. Get some air into it. Fabulous. Oh. That first one's good. And that is, again, a 20... Also 2020, and that's yeah. the, the Three Hills Pinot Noir. And this has been released. Uh, no, this is no. also just bottled. So this will be released in the fall, in October. Oh, okay. Right. Well, I think most impressive in an overview is that Donum has done some work here to elevate the brand in a certain way that we previously saw some hints of, but nothing like this. This is the beginning of a, of a new vision for this estate. And previously, the, the estate was out there, and you could find the wines, but there was no promotion and there was no visibility. And this Now we're farting, finally beginning to see the wines, and they're really better than they've ever been. So, Dan, talk about folks who come to visit Donum, what they will experience. Yeah, so all of our tastings are private, so you book for your group size, and then it'll just be your party with a host, and that host will be with you the whole time. Depending, you can kind of pick different types of tasting, so taste through kind of the base lineup, which would be some of the estate wines, or a little bit of a higher-end one with some reserve wine, or maybe some library wine. Um, and so you'll do a tasting, the host will take you through that, and then after that, depending again on which experience you choose, there could be a walking tour through the sculpture garden, the smaller kind of section of it, or there's a driving tour in an ATV, and you get to see kind of the whole sculpture oh, collection wow, go up cool. to the top of the hill. That's that's really nice. Yeah, it's a really it's a spectacular place, you know, art wise, but also just the the landscape. So from the top hill, you can see a little bit of the San Francisco skyline. Um, you can see kind of all of the the bay below you, and it's a it's really beautiful uh, in that way as well. Nice. All right. And you guys are open pretty much seven days a week. Yeah, right? every day. Yeah, seven days a week. There's uh, more tastings, obviously, on the weekend, have more people there, but, but we are open seven days a week. All right. It is Donum Estate. 
They say Donham, you say potato, I say potato, who cares? Dan, could you not book any more Latin name wineries from this point forward? I'll make a strong effort. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks to uh, Dan Berger, I'm sorry, Don Berger? <laughs> Whatever. It's Whatever. pronounced Don Berger. In Latin. Yes. Uh, Dan Berger and Dan Fishman, uh, Dan the winemaker at uh, Donham Estate. Thank you guys.